Welcome to day 29 of the Critics Not Cynics 31 Days of Horror Spectacular. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite horror sci-fi movies of all time, and that is 1997's Event Horizon. The basic premise for this film is that a rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. And this movie was uh, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who has gone on to do movies that I think uh, a whole lot of people don't quite like a whole lot. I'm a fan of his Mortal Kombat movie, uh, fan of this film, uh, and I'm a fan of the Resident Evil movies, even though that they are not particularly great movies, but I have a lot of fun with them. So, all right, guys, we're going to go ahead and, and check out the trailer. TDRS picked up an automated navigation beacon broadcasting at two minute intervals in Neptune orbit. Neptune orbit. This is incredible. The event horizon. She's come back. The event horizon was the culmination of a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster than light flight. The ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. Where has she been for the last seven years, Doctor? That's what we're here to find out. After seven years in deep space... There were 18 people on board this ship when it disappeared. I want them all accounted for. Opening outer door. It came back abandoned. Any crew? Negative. This place is a tomb. But it didn't come back alone. Captain Miller! I've got some problems here! This ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe. Who knows where it's been? And what it's brought back with it. This ship is reacting to us and the reactions are getting stronger. What are you telling me? That this ship is alive? Oh. I have such wonderful things to show you. Oh my God. It knows my secrets. <laughs> it knows my fears. <laughs> Vacate. I want off this ship. She won't let you. God help us. All right, guys, so let's jump into this one. Um, so this movie stars uh, a great cast as Lawrence Fishburne, as Captain Miller, Sam Neill, as Dr. William Weir, Kathleen Kinlan as Peters. Jolie Richardson as Lieutenant Stark, or yes, Stark. I'm pretty sure I'm getting that right. Uh, Richard T. Jones as uh, Cooper. Uh, Jason Isaacs as uh, DJ. Sean Pertwee as Smith. And um, so, I mean, it's got a very, very competent cast. And I know that when this movie was originally released, uh, it was kind of critically panned. But over the years, it has kind of come across uh, with a cult following. 
And the kind of the best way to describe this movie is Hellraiser meets The Shining. Um, and I think that's a very kind of apt description that really fits this movie. Um, so as you've heard from the trailer, the event horizon was kind of the secret government project to develop a faster than light, uh, travel ship. And on its maiden voyage, the ship just disappeared. Now we're seven years, uh, later and all of a sudden the ship has come back and it's emergency beacon has gone on and the government is now sending this rescue salvage team to go and check on the ship and see what happened, what caused the, uh, the incident. Why did it disappear? Where has it been? Where's the crew? Is the crew still alive? Is the crew dead? And so, uh, Dr. Weir, um, Sam Neill's character was involved in, the design of the ship and the design of its engine. And, uh, so he is brought along, um, captain Miller's crew, uh, as an advisor and, uh, you know, person who knows the layout and the workings of the ship to see if they can bring it back home as well as figure out what happened. And, uh, now every character in this movie has some type of, um, horrendous backstory or in the sense of they had something horrific have happened in their lives. And and in case, uh, like Dr. Weir's, uh, wife committed suicide and that's something that haunts him. And each of the characters have those things as well. And the only reason I'm going into Weir's is that, uh, you pretty much get that right at the beginning. So it's nothing, uh, you know, spoiler, spoiler ish. If you haven't seen this movie, this film also kind of deals with like the themes of religion. Uh, there's a, a podcast and channel on YouTube called, uh, I think it's called deadly analysis. Um, and the guys there did a really good deep dive in this movie, talking about the, uh, the themes and symbolism and their interpretations about what the movie, uh, was, was really about, and I'd recommend you guys go checking, uh, check them out. Uh, they put out great content and, uh, I really liked what they brought up in their discussion about this movie. It's more than I could ever do. Cause they go deep into themes of religion and, uh, and, and it's there, it's in this movie. So, I mean, they're very valid on their analysis and critique of the film. This movie also, I think, uh, inspired, Dead Space, uh, the video game series, a, a lot. Like, I think if you go and see this movie and you play the game Dead Space, uh, you will see a lot of similarities and a lot of um, correlation. And I think, um, so I had been a fan of this movie for a while. It took me a long time to finally get around to playing Dead Space. And when I finally played it through, I'm like, wow, this is kind of like... A, a ripoff of, of event horizon, but not exactly. I still enjoy dead space. And it's, it's also kind of a, an episode of doctor who, uh, with, um, the, with Rose and tenants doctor, when they go to a kind of like a, a mining, um, thing outside of a, like a black hole. And then it's like the embodiment of, of the devil is located on that, like asteroid that they're on. Um, 
but we're not talking about Dead Space. <laughs> we're talking about Event Horizon here. So uh, this movie, uh, the only thing that doesn't really hold up right now, and granted, this was made in 1997. CGI effects were still kind of new. And the further you get away from a movie in years that use CGI, the less um, competent it looks. So it's a little jarring now when you kind of watch opening scene, the opening uh, credit sequence and you're seeing stuff floating in zero G grab and uh, zero G and it just looks very fake. But uh, the nice thing about this movie is it doesn't use CG a whole lot because um, there are plenty of sequences that take place outside of the ship that look real. Um, I think the only uh, scene, and even then, with what the effects that they're using, it doesn't look nearly as bad as kind of the opening, uh, or when they even when they arrive on the ship and the gravity is not restored, is when Justin uh, goes out the airlock uh, without any type of protection. There's some stuff that's done there that it uh, it actually looks good. So most of the effects all really hang uh, really hold up. Uh, the practical effects are very strong in this one, and um, so kind of as the crew is on the ship, they discover that the ship actually went somewhere, but where it went or what reality it went to was not necessarily the best. And that's kind of where the Hellraiser factor um, kind of plays into it. And the ship actually uh, itself has kind of become a living organism. And that's kind of where the shining bit of this kind of comes into it. And uh, I, I really like um, the characters in this film. So, again, one thing I've harped on a lot through through this month is the more empathetic or the more identifiable characters can be, the more attached I grow, uh, I get to them. So when they're meeting their untimely demise, I don't want them to. And for instance, uh, and this is a little bit spoiler, spoilerly. Uh, so I apologize, but Smith, uh, Sean Pertwee's character, uh, is trying to find a bomb and he finds it just like, last second and it's like oh man i really like this character and you just know like as soon as he finds it and it's got like two seconds left on it you just know he has no way um of surviving or getting out of that and it's like oh gosh i wish i just wish you would have looked there first so i i think it's really strong in that character work and um i just have to give a lot of credit to um paul anderson uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, that with what he did with this movie, it may have not been a critical success, uh, but I think it's definitely uh, kind of earned its own following now that uh, really appreciates the movie for what it is. Um, now, it doesn't quite set up its world a whole lot um, in the sense of like, each of their suits uh, all have their like flags of their of their country of like where they're from, and so I don't kind of get the idea. I kind of get the idea that they have like a world government, but each person is still identified by their country, by their uh, nation's flag. Um, they're 
are just a lot of interesting ideas as well when it comes to kind of the sci-fi of this. Um, Like the idea of like how instead of creating something that can move faster than light, what they end up, what they were trying to do was basically bend space. And this is presented by Weir uh, right before they uh, get to the ship. And he like basically says, okay, well here's, um, you know, point A and point B. Well, what's the fastest way from point A to point B? Well, that's normally a, a straight line, but he goes, he folds the paper and then he just like pokes a pencil through it and is like, this is what we do is we bend that space. So point A and point B are the same uh, place at the same space time. And so that's what the ship was supposed to do was fold space. And by folding space, it ends up from like uh, they're outside Neptune, I believe. And uh, they would end up at their kind of. Alpha Centauri, I believe, uh, um, like satellite. So it's got some really cool sci-fi ideas with it. It sticks pretty close to actual science, and I have to appreciate it, the movie, for doing that. Um, I wish, but at the same time, I don't know if, if unless it had been done justice, I wish we would have seen exactly where the ship went. I want to know where it went. Like when it had folded, uh, space where the ship ended up in the seven years, where the crew went, what happened? Like we get videos, uh, video logs of what happened to the crew, but it's all very quick jumbled. And, uh, we don't quite see all of it. And we have no idea. Um, where or what they saw or what they experienced, like what, what gave the ship life after visiting it? Why did the ship come back other than to try to drag more people to where the ship went to? Um, there is apparently like a lot of, um, lost footage that would love for them to kind of rediscover and manage to cut back into it. Uh, Paul Anderson kind of had some issues with, um, trying to, uh, get it out. It was originally getting like an NC 17 rating. So they had to cut a whole bunch of segments. And I think that some of those cut segments probably could have at the time made the movie more, uh, appealable to an audience or at least make the film more understanding. It is a little heady, but at the same time, uh, it lacks some some backstory. Like I said, you do get the individual kind of character stories or, or what trauma these individual characters faced uh, before kind of coming together as a crew and before entering the ship. And then the ship is taking advantage of those fears and those weaknesses. And uh, I do like that aspect with it. And then, of course, when you get to kind of the climax of the film and you have an actual embodiment of the antagonist other than the ship. I really liked the idea of that. This movie I think is also probably very, um, primed for either a sequel or, um, or a reboot. Like I, I think that, uh, I would, I think I would rather see a sequel versus a reboot. 
Um, I would like to see kind of them going on and either either picking up from the story of the survivors or just having, um, you know, something happen that allows uh, people to kind of discover what rediscover Event Horizon or to rediscover um, the technology and then to use it and to actually have us see what's on the other side. Because I think that would be a really cool exploration. It's also got a very Doom feel to it a little bit too. Uh, not not exactly. I think more from kind of just the futuristic sense, not so much the demon or hellspawn sense. Um, one other cool interesting fact is that... Um, the ship itself was modeled on the Notre Dame Cathedral. Uh, so its long corridor resembles a church nave and its interior is filled with cruciform shapes, columns, and vaults. And also the engine, its engines resemble rotated church towers. Um, and it was even said that uh, Clyde Barker, whose Hellraiser movie was a huge influence on the film, was actually consulted on the project, which is also really cool, too. Um, so I really do like this movie and I think that, uh, the cult status is certainly earned. Um, I think that, uh, that this film is very, very deep and I'm not doing it justice in this mini review talking about the different themes and, um, paths it takes. So I highly recommend it. Um, I'm not sure if it is streaming right now. It is streaming on Amazon prime for free right now. So I highly recommend it out. If you've never seen this movie before, uh, it is creepy it is well acted. It's got a great cast. It's got a great story. I wish it were actually longer. It's only an hour and 36 minutes. This movie, in my opinion, could have been like a two hour movie and still I would have wanted more. Um, and I think that's the best thing about a movie, especially even just a horror film. If it leaves you wanting more, it's done its job. Now, if it could leave you wanting more in the sense of like you didn't, there wasn't enough kills or there wasn't enough story, that's different. But this one leaves you wanting more like you want to know more of what happened. You want to know more of where the ship was. You want to know what happens to these characters at the end of the movie. Like what, what are they going to do with the rest of their lives? Um, and I think the film is... Although everyone is great on it and acting wise, I think Sam Neill's performance really elevates the movie and also having um, Lawrence Fishburne as kind of his uh, counterweight is also really good because their dynamic that they have, their interpersonal relationship and how they play off each other is so strong and I think is what helps make this movie so successful in my opinion. Um, So definitely guys, go check it out. I think this one lands at a four out of five uh, for me. And uh, just some quick uh, little shilling here for the podcast. If you guys aren't following already, uh, follow me on Podbean or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Um, Please rate and review the podcast. It helps us make make it more uh, searchable and uh, be able to reach a wider audience. Um, So... We're also uh, kind of still kind of getting things um, up to date here. Once, you know, I've got the kind of uh, spooky Halloween music playing right now, thanks to a uh, YouTube channel. Um, and I'll have to um, plug them later. 
probably on uh, tomorrow's episode. Make sure I get their plug in there. Uh, thankfully, you know, they've got some royalty free music that they allow creators to use. Um, but I'm going to be kind of creating a new intro for the sh- regular show uh, once we get out of this month. And we will also be going back to the regular week to week format unless, you know, something happens. And of course, I can't get a show up. Uh, we will be taking off just the first week of November, which is just the first. So, so you know, the 31 days uh, of Horror Spectacular Day 31 will be kind of the last one. And then we'll be back the following week um, with more episodes. My co-host is joining me on, on day 31 and he'll be on on a more regular basis as well. So it won't just be me here on the show. We will have more of a back and forth between the two of us. And uh, I look forward to bringing you guys some more great content. Um, This has certainly been a little bit trying doing 31 days, uh, but it's been fun too. Uh, I think it's been great to kind of get some recommendations out there. And I know I've recommended some movies for some people that uh, haven't seen them before. And, um, like my sister-in-law mentioned on Twitter, I've kind of reinvigorated her love for horror. So I hope that's, uh, you know, been the same for some of you. That's kind of been the whole point of this is to just be talking about horror films for the month. Again, it gets you in that Halloween spirit. And, uh, I hope you guys have had fun with this too, as we get closer to the end. All right, guys, we'll see you on day 30.